Welcome to High Vibe In It with your hosts, Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida. Are you ready to make the most of your life? Manifesting your inner desires while living a more aligned, inspired life. Start here. Now, here's Kelsey and Lindsay. Hello, hello. Welcome to High Vibe In It. This is one of your hosts, Kelsey Aida. I'm an inspirational blogger and author, and I'm also here with my co-host, Lindsay Robinson, who is a very beautiful hypnotherapist. And as our very special guest today, we have Dr. Joe Vitale, who is, I would describe him as a jolly, cute, very insightful man (laughs) who has lots of wisdom to share with us today. And you might know him from seeing him on the very famous documentary called The Secret, which a lot of people have been introduced to the concept of the law of attraction through this film and these books, which is really awesome. And um, Mr. Joe Vitale here has written over 76 books, which we were just talking about before we went live, because I think that's super awesome. And yeah, he's just an expert on basically how to come into alignment with your best life. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And thanks for being here. If you want to add anything about yourself, feel free. <laughs> I don't think I can top what you just said. Jolly and, <laughs> jolly and cute. I'm, I'm going to you use are. it. From you are. Put that on your resume. That's all I can. Fill it out there. It's going to be my new business card. I'm jolly and cute. <laughs> Kelsey says so. No, thank you. I'm honored to be here. Looking forward to uh, whatever we talk about. I'm going to go with the flow. Yeah. So I want to get started. I've had the pleasure of meeting you before. You were on my summit in 2017. Seems like forever ago, but it really wasn't. Um, But during that time, I uh, knew of you, didn't know much about you. So for those listening who know of you, but don't know much about you, how did you get started? Your story is fascinating. And I think this could be a whole episode Mm -hmm. in itself, but Give us what you can. <laughs> well, I think you both can leave now because if I start talking <laughs> about how I got started and got here, that's going to use up whatever time we have. <laughs> the, uh, the short answer is, you know, I wasn't born rich or famous or anything. I was struggling just like everybody else up in Ohio. When I came to Texas for my fame and fortune and my search for gold, I ended up homeless. So in the late 1970s, I was homeless in Dallas, Texas. When I got off of being homeless, I ended up in poverty in Houston, Texas for almost 10 years. Now, during that time, I was working on myself. I was trying to be a writer. I was writing plays and articles, columns, and praying that somebody eventually would print something. I did have a play produced in 1979. Got no money for it. It was one of the highlights of my life, but before it, I was broken unknown, and after it, I was broken unknown. And my first book was 1984, and I learned a lot from it because here I am, finally published. 1984, I have a book in print. And at the same time, it was a crushing insight to realize publishers don't market books. Publishers are not marketers. And if you want to get anywhere, you have to learn marketing on your own. That's when I started to discover marketing and apply it to myself. And I became an internet marketer before anything else. I was known as one of the first internet marketers. I was known as a pretty powerful copywriter. I was writing sales letters and websites as the internet started to come around. So I made a name for myself in Houston for doing that and got some level of celebrity and notoriety from it. But things were to get even bigger because I was invited because of one of my books to be in the movie, The Secret. And and when that came out in 2006, 
all of life changed for me and basically for everybody that watched that movie because it made me a self-help guru a self-help author and I've been writing that wave ever since so today I've written 70 some books as you pointed out I'm a musician I have 15 albums out I've been in about a dozen more movies I was just filmed the other day for another movie this one called Beyond the Secret I travel around the world speaking about the law of attraction and some other aspects of spirituality. I've gone to countries I didn't even know existed <laughs> and, and been wined and dined by the best of them. And uh, the sky's um, not even the limit. Who knows where we're going next? So that, that's Now you're here on our show. <laughs> and, and you know you've made it when you've got these two beautiful women interviewing you. That's so, right. Everybody- I have made it. If Joe says it, it has to be true. So, um, well, let's talk about how you got into this whole idea of the law of attraction and manifesting. Because you had already written a book about it before they approached you for the movie, correct? That's why they approached me for the movie. I I had written a book called The Attractor Factor. Yeah. And The Attractor Factor is still a big seller. But Rhonda Byrne, who produced the movie, had read The Attractor Factor and called me up and said she was going to make a movie and she wanted me in it. And, of course, at that period in my life, I answered the phone for one thing. And <laughs> I, I did agree, but I also thought she was a little flaky. I hear from people all the time, even today, who say they're going to do things, but th- they never do them. But she did obviously pull it together. She did make a movie. She did include me. And it was because, as you point out, one of my books, The Attractor Factor. So what made you even get into manifesting? Where was that thought yeah. that was like, oh, this is a thing? <laughs> Because I was broke. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like the opposite, right? Because you know people that are kind of constantly living the cycle of why is stuff always happening to me, but they're living the law of attraction the complete opposite way they want to. Yeah. So what made you kind of flip it around to where you could use it to your benefit? Really trying to understand the key. Trying to understand what unlocks the power of manifestation. I was reading all of these books about people who had been homeless or broke or unknown, and they ended up becoming colossal successes. You know, read biographies of great authors and great entrepreneurs, great business people, and you'll see that they all struggle. And I kept thinking, what is the secret? What am I doing wrong? I'm doing what they're doing, and here I am, broke, homeless, in poverty, struggling, going through the dark night of the soul, and it looks like it's never going to end. And my big wake up was to realize that we're, we're creating our reality, but not from what we're consciously thinking. We're creating it from what we are subconsciously believing. And that may or may not be news for people on this podcast, because for me, it was news. For me, I was reading about, oh, do affirmations, do visualizations, think positive. It's the magic of believing. If you believe it, you'll see it. Read, think, and grow rich. It's all going to happen. And I was doing all of that. And yet I was broke. It's like, what's missing? And this is what I've ended up calling the missing secret. And I created an audio program called The Missing Secret. And a lot of my work is around this concept of the missing secret. So the missing secret is this. You have to work on your subconscious slash unconscious beliefs. Until you do, you will find it very difficult to manifest anything like I did. Or if you do manifest something, you'll find it very difficult to hold on to it. Yes. And this is why I tell people your your beliefs have to be congruent. You can say one thing, but if you unconsciously believe something else, your unconscious is more powerful than your conscious. 
it will stop you. It will veto your belief. It will stop you from manifesting your intention. So for me to answer your question, I had to look in the mirror and go, what am I doing wrong? Well, what I was doing wrong is what most people is doing wrong or doing wrong. And that's the idea of not looking deep enough. We just look at the conscious, but you got to look at the iceberg that's below the water, which is the subconscious mind. You use the iceberg analogy. You are speaking my language, Dr. Benjamin. Well, I know you understand. Uh, you, <laughs> you absolutely are speaking my language. So, yes, subconscious programming, subconscious beliefs, which may not always be ours. They might right. be from experiences or other people or when we were forming you know, who we are as people, we take on a lot of other people's stuff that may or may not affect us today. Um, so you realize this, you write the book. What are the steps between the epiphany and the realization and the practice of it, I guess? Wow. The steps between the realization and the practice of it are probably covered by years of confusion and years <laughs> yeah. of stumbling around. Course correcting and yeah, yeah trying to figure course, it out. All of that, because in my case, you know, there was no, at that point when I was learning the law of attraction, there was no internet. I didn't have things that we can take for granted today. Yeah. And there weren't wonderful people doing what you're doing and the work that you're doing in the world and both of you with the show. That wasn't available to me. What was available to me was the public library. And that, of course, is where I lived when I was homeless in Dallas. And the books and back then cassettes. So I was doing this very much on my own. And that is a long, slow way for personal change. And the reason it's a long, slow way is you, you it's like trying to play chess with yourself. You know your moves. Yeah. You can <laughs> yeah. yourself. You know, you can make change by yourself. You can make change with a book. You can make change with a movie. You can make change with this very show. The right thing set at the right time can cause an awakening, a shift, an aha, and everything opens up. But for most of us, and certainly for me, that internal solitary work took a whole lot of time. I had to, as you mentioned, course correct. You try things, you find out they don't work. Or you find out there's levels here. You might change a belief, but find out underneath that there's a whole lot more beliefs. And I also like what you pointed out there is that these beliefs, this programming isn't from us. We downloaded it. We downloaded it from our parents, from the culture, from family and friends, from the school system, from the government. It just goes on and on. We're just innocent, almost blank slates when we're born. I do think there is some programming there mm -hmm. that we come up, come in with. But from there, we're observing and without any sort of conscious thought, just taking in all of the beliefs of people around us. I've often asked people, where are your parents, Mr. and Mrs. Buddha? And they'll laugh and go, no. Well, of course they weren't Mr. and Mrs. Buddha. They had their own limiting beliefs and they passed them on to you. So at a certain point, like in my journey, you know, you wake up and you start to go, well, was my father right? about money. He grew up in the Great Depression. He was born in 1925. Great Depression in America was 1929. So he's five years old when the world collapses around him. Mm -hmm. And he lived to be 93 years old. And all of that time, there was never enough money because it was ingrained in him that there was never enough money. Yeah, That was branded on him. So when I'm born in 1953, what's the first thing I hear? There isn't enough money. I remember one of the things he would say is, if you want to double your money, you fold it over and you put it back in your pocket. 
And it was like, yeah, it, it's funny. And I remember laughing. I loved it. I used to quote it. To but it's also oh. true to you at the time. It was true at the time. And yeah. now I know it's a statement of scarcity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I know. In fact, a better way to double your money is to give it away. Yes. Oh, thank you for saying that. That is yeah. absolutely true. That's what I practice. But I, I didn't know all of this. I mean, I had to stumble my way through the dark and keep breaking my nose against the wall and trying all these different things that didn't work until I finally hone in on, oh, these are the beliefs that seem to work. And this is how you change your beliefs. But it, for me, it was not overnight. Today, you can do it overnight. Today, you can do it in a day. Today, you can do it with coaching and mentoring and like I say, the right thing at the right time, including today. Yeah. And it starts with just that decision, right? Like just, oh, there's information available, albeit maybe harder to get in the library than maybe just on Google, but (laughs) there's information available at your fingertips. There really, there's, if you want to do it, there's no excuse not to, except unless you're just not ready, you know? Well, I don't, I think anybody listening to this or watching us is ready. That's true. They are ready. Yeah, they've tuned in. And I do agree that it is an intention. I'm very much a believer in a decision. Once you've made a decision, heaven and earth starts to move to orchestrate people and pieces of a kind of a puzzle, a moving puzzle to make your intention come true. So Mm -hmm. I've often said, look, if you want one thing to do to change your life, Decide on what you want to have, do, or be right now, even if you don't know how. In fact, it's good if you don't explore how at all. You don't need to know how, but you need to know what. What do you want to have, do, or be? In fact, I challenge everybody that's participating on this call. What do you want to have, do, or be? If I can wave a magic wand, if I can grant you unlimited power, if I have access to all of the wonders of the universe and I could give it to you, what would you like to have, do, or be? That intention and that decision causes a ripple effect, a domino effect that will start making things happen right there. And and in fact, you'll be led to the people and the resources that will help you fulfill it. I had that happen even in the public library where today everything's so instantaneous. Like you mentioned, you type in Google and you mentioned, how do I do such and such? Two seconds later, there's resources. Those answers were still available in the library. I just had to go and look at a little card index and then pull out the card and then walk upstairs and then look for the book and then read the book and all of that. It was available. It was just a longer process. Today, we can do it instantaneous. So did you always know that like, okay, so law of attraction is all about opening yourself up and allowing and and adjusting what doesn't fit anymore to get that thing, to get that way of being, that reality that you want for yourself and that you desire for yourself. Was it always something that you wanted to do is get to this point where you are a speaker, where you influence, I don't know, probably millions of people at this point and you, you have this like podium to speak from, or were you just trying to put on plays? Like you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, a, that's a great question. No, I just wanted to be published. Yeah. I, wanted, I wanted to write books that made people happy. Yeah, I remember telling my father, I thought the world was unhappy. In truth, I was unhappy. And I wanted to write things that would put a smile on their face. That's what I wanted to do. I never thought about being a speaker, never thought about being in movies, never thought about being on TV, never thought about traveling the world, never thought about you know, being a musician or all the things that I, I do today. Mm-hmm. But all I really wanted to do at heart is I wanted to write things that made a difference. And you did. You did. And this is a really cool story because it just goes to show that just 
like we always say in this law of attraction field, like decide what you want, which from one perspective you need to do, but from another, you didn't decide these things and look at where you are now. So it's like, yes, it's your job to decide, but also don't feel pressure. Like just say, I would like to feel these ways. I would like to experience helping people and then it will flourish from there. I totally agree. In fact, when I was in Thailand, I spontaneously spoke about what I called the side benefits of going for your dream. My dream was to be published as an author. The side benefit of going for that dream was music, movies, TV shows, speaking engagements, a great deal of money, a great deal of fame and fortune, a a car collection, a guitar collection, all these things. They were not part of the original dream, but they were side benefits of going for my dream. Love it. I do too. That's fantastic. And that's actually um, the perfect time to pause, take a break. We'll be right back with Mr. Dr. Sorry, Dr. (laughs) Joe Vitale. We'll be right back. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Do you feel like there's something in your mind holding you back from your vision of success? Do you feel like you're constantly in the cycle of trying, failing, and starting over again? If outdated limiting beliefs are keeping you stuck, hypnosis might just be the tool you've been looking for. Go to lindsayrobinson.com for more info on how to get your subconscious and conscious mind working together to achieve your goals and align your mind with success. That's L-Y-N-N-S-E-Y Robinson.com. If you're serious about raising your vibration and feeling better, self-love is the fastest way to get there. Not only is it the best way to feel better, but it's also the fast track to manifesting all your desires. Kelsey Aida has created an entire online video course to walk you through the process so you can finally realize your divine perfection. High Vibe in it. Listeners can get a special enrollment discount with the code High Vibe. Visit RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com to get started on your self-love journey today. That's RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to High Vibe in It with Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson. Check into the show today by calling into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to high.vibin.it.show at gmail.com. That's high.vibin.it.show at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. We are here with Dr. Joe Vitale, and we were just talking about how he got started in manifestation, law of attraction, getting a spot on the secret movie, the secret movie, not the secret movie, and uh, really his journey from being homeless to all the collections he has, apparently a lot of collections, guitars and cars and books. Can't forget the books. That's right. um, We were talking during the break about all the, the different ways you've expanded your expertise and expanded your mind. I assume that you are a person who loves to learn new things. Um, So 
run through that list again. What are the things that you are trained in? I know we had, uh, you said Reiki, EFT. I'll let you take it from here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, I am absolutely fascinated by life and I have a deep curiosity about many things. And so I'm on a, a lifelong quest to learn. I love discovering. I love being excited about new modalities. And so there's everything, you know, hypnosis. I've been involved in hypnosis since the late 1960s. My company is even called Hypnotic Marketing. I've written books like Hypnotic Writing and Hypnotic Selling and Hypnotic Speaking and Hypnotic Whatever. Long list of things. I, I love hypnosis. And uh, NLP, I go back to the early days of neuro-linguistic programming. Uh, Reiki, I love that because it's energy work and I love the internal martial arts. Qigong was another one that I've become certified in. Studied quite a bit of that as well as some of the sister martial arts like Aikido. Um, EFT, I learned it when it was TFT, when Roger Callahan invented thought field therapy. And I went to him for some help at that point. And of course, it devolved into EFT. Ho'oponopono is something that I've become somewhat famous for because I've written two books, Zero Limits and At Zero, which explain this Hawaiian healing modality. And this one alone has caused people to have miracles and phenomenal shifts that are hard to describe. Um, but Ho'oponopono is something I've been teaching for a very long time and practicing for a decade and a half at this point. And I'm probably forgetting a few things, but that's more than enough. <laughs> I want to talk about the last one you said. <laughs> the one oh, she's oh, too oh, afraid oh, to pronounce. Oh, oh, I'm afraid to say it because I've only ever seen it written down. I've never tried right. to say it. It's, I just say hopo, hopo, hopo. But that's, <laughs> that's good. Hopo, hopo. Um, write a book called Hopo, Hopo next. That's the next one. But what is that for those people that don't know? And how, how does it help you, I guess? What are the basics? Yeah, this is one where I have to take a breath because I really want people to absorb just how powerful this is. Almost 20 years ago, I had heard this amazing story about a therapist who helped heal an entire ward of mentally ill criminals without actually working with any of them directly, but working on himself. And he used some sort of Hawaiian method to heal in him what he was perceiving as problems outside of him. Now, if that sounds confusing, well, imagine where I was. That was totally confusing, and I didn't even believe it at first. But I did the, the journalistic work. I went looking for that therapist. I did find him. His name is Dr. E. Haleakula Hulen. And I talked to Hulen on the phone, Then we ended up doing workshops, and then I got him to allow me to write the book which brought this to the world. So his story about healing those mentally ill criminals using this odd technique is the core of the book, Zero Limits. Now the odd technique is called Ho'oponopono. You can call it the Ho-Ho method if you like, but it's an inside out approach to change. And this is, this is so mind boggling. You have to understand that in Ho'oponopono, you take 100% responsibility for everything that goes on in your life. Now, I know everybody's heard that before, including me, but in this case, 100% responsibility means if somebody has said something, somebody has done something, somebody else in any way, shape, or form seems to have offended you or hurt you, you take responsibility for what they did too. Now, most people draw a line in the sand and they say, well, I'm responsible for what I do and say, but I'm not responsible for what you do and say. In Ho'oponopono, you're responsible for all of it. If it is in your world of experience, 
you are in part responsible for it. So if you look at Dr. Houlin in that hospital for the mentally insane, he had to look at those criminals and say, some part of himself is being projected into objective reality in the form of these mentally ill criminals. Instead of trying to heal the image or the illusion or what he saw on the outside of him, he had to change what was on the inside of him. And how he changed the inside of him is with Ho'oponopono. So Ho'oponopono is an inside job. So what are you doing? In the very basic essence of it, he is saying four phrases, and he's saying those four phrases to what I'll call the divine. Some people would call it God. Some people would call it nature. Some people would call it the universe. I sometimes call it the great something. One of my music albums is called The Great Something as a nod to that mystery. I like that. So, so it's like it, a prayer. It, it, the very, thank you. It is very much a kind of prayer, a kind of petition, a kind of mantra. And the four phrases, I'll tell people what they are right now. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. In that but order. It, it does not. That's a great point. It does yeah. not need to be in that order. That ends up being a common question. They'll go, well, does it have to be in that order? No, it, that's the order. I happen to have said them, and I may say it more often than not that way. But however it feels comfortable to people, it is, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. In whatever order. Mm-hmm. But it's an inside thing. You're not saying it to another person. You never say it to another person. You are feeling it inside yourself. You are saying it to your connection to the great something. And yes, you can think of it as a kind of a prayer. But basically, you are asking the great something to to cleanse, clear, and resolve your perception of the problem. So, in Dr. Hulen's case, he's looking at these patients who had to be shackled and sedated. They were dangerous. And in himself, he's saying, I'm love, I love you, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, over and over and over again. And he's asking the great something to correct his perceptions of these people. As that slowly begins to happen, those people start to get better. And this is where the story becomes a miracle. Because within four years, that entire ward was closed, and all of the patients were pronounced whole and healthy and released. And I went, I interviewed not only Dr. Hulen, but I found the social workers and the nurses that had worked there at that time to substantiate all of this and put it in the book, Zero Limits. So what does this mean for all of us? I mean, we're not dealing with mentally ill criminals, but we got problems in our lives. And it may be our kids, it may be our spouses, it may be our coworkers, it may be our employees, it could be the neighbors, it could be, you know, the government, whatever we think is the outside problem, our perception of it is what actually needs to be cleared up. Ho'oponopono is a way to clear our perceptions so that those problems disappear. I really like how you're making the clear distinction that it's about your perception, because if you hadn't said that, just hearing this brief explanation, it could sound like you're trying to repent for like sins, which would imply that you're a sinner, which like nobody is, but you could perceive yourself as being a sinner in some way. And so you're carrying a lot of guilt and shame. So this is a modality to clear that, correct? Am I getting it right? 
you you have a 100% right, and I'm very impressed that you went to that level, because this is not about guilt, this is not about punishment, this is not about sin. It is about erroneous perceptions, and that is, that's not a heavy-duty price to pay. That's realizing that the way we're looking at something is actually making it a problem or making it a challenge. Mm-hmm. And when we clean up that perception, very often what looked like the problem dissolves on its own. It self-corrects. It vanishes. Much like when Dr. Hulen was in that hospital, he started working on himself, and suddenly the patients started to, the patients who had to be sedated didn't have to be sedated. Patients who had to be shackled didn't have to be shackled. And nurses would walk up to him and say, I don't know what you're doing, but can you teach me how to do it too? And so there's an inside ripple effect that did not come from manhandling reality. It came from working quite nicely on ourselves inside. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. I've only had a little bit of experience with this modality in the form of the song, the really famous Hopo Ono song. Did I say it right? Yeah. I think I missed a whole syllable. Anyway, just so- call it Hopo Hopo. <laughs> <laughs> the Ho-Ho song. But the every Ho-Ho. time I listen to that song, I cry every single time. And it's tears of alchemy. Like, I feel like I'm clearing that maybe heaviness or burden or I'm forgiving the situation or I'm forgiving myself. And I always feel better after I listen to it. Which song are you referring to? Because everybody and his brother has made a whole Pono song. Mm. Oh, interesting. I mean, it's you just know. one that I found on Spotify. I don't know exactly the artist. I can try okay. and find it while we're talking. But the order that it goes in, because I can think of it in my head, they say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. That's the order of the song. And people sing it in all different languages wow. in this song, I don't think which I'm is familiar. kind of cool. I don't think yeah. I'm familiar with this particular song. I'll have to find it for you guys. If, if you can find it on a break or something and let us all know, that would be great. Yes, I will. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. I know that I've heard of this method a lot. And uh, when I saw that you had studied it as well, I was like, hmm, maybe that's a, I should look into it more. Because it sounds as good as it as you, as it is. You know, it's it's one of those really deeply healing things that all you need to do is look inward, which really is the name of the game. <laughs> <laughs> with everything, right? It's it absolutely just, is. Yeah. You know, Dr. Hulan has this wonderful statement. He'll, he says, it's a question. Have you ever noticed that whenever you have a problem, you are there? <laughs> and we all chuckle, but then you have to realize, wait a minute, I'm part of that. Yeah. I'm part of what I'm calling the problem. And what Ho'oponopono is doing is just holding up the mirror and asking you to look in it. And then... With this, you know, there's a lot more to it, but the the basic four phrases, you can clear up what you're seeing, which changes you and changes your reality. The reality is actually being projected from inside of you. So you're going to the source of the projection, cleaning that up. And as you clean that up, what was being projected is no longer being projected. So the problem that looked like was out here is now gone. Yeah, a lot of people are trying to do it from the outside in, which we all have found out the hard way just doesn't work because Um, that's not the source of things. It starts within you. So when you make those internal shifts, that's when you can see an external reflection that maybe you like a little bit better or is more comfortable or is more um, uh, less heavy, more bright. I don't know the words that we can use to describe it, but yeah, I love how you explained it that way. Mm -hmm. I've often said that trying to change the outside is like trying to shave the mirror that you're looking in or trying to put the makeup <laughs> right. on the mirror rather than on yourself. So it's like, that's it's an awesome a mirror, for God's sake, it's a mirror. And that's actually a great lesson for all of us is just 
if you want to know what you believe, if you want to know what your current mental programming is, look at your reality right now. Yeah. Look around because yeah. all of the outer manifestation is actually being projected and then created. It's molded into 3D reality based on the beliefs that are inside you to begin with. Yeah. And if all you have is control over your perception, your mm-hmm. thoughts, what you choose to believe, um, why not use that power f- for the best that you can? Right now, you're using it anyway. <laughs> you're doing it all o- already. So well, you might as goes, well. This actually goes back to one of your earlier questions, like how did I discover this? Mm-hmm. When I started to discover that I was the one creating my reality, then you become far more interested in how you're doing it. So if people are watching right now, they're listening to this podcast and they're starting to play with the idea that, did I create everything around me? Did I create the, the struggle with money? Did I create the struggle with health? Did I create the struggle with a relationship? And they start to entertain the idea that maybe they did. That's the opportunity to open up all the doors to the inner world and to start finding out what is it that I believe? And if yes. those beliefs are creating something that you really don't care for, it's an opportunity to go, what would I prefer to believe mm-hmm. differently? Yeah. And, and it's, it's yeah. important to emphasize again that like when people say, how am I creating my reality, one that I don't like, there's often this like connotation that it's your fault that you're in a terrible position where instead of looking at it like it's your fault, maybe just look at it like, okay, well, I didn't know this yesterday. Today I, I know it. So I, now I can go from a, a position of power and really take back my control. That's a brilliant insight. We do not want to beat ourselves up. Right. We, we didn't know. We don't know. We make decisions in this moment based on what we know in this moment. After the decision, new information becomes available. But it only becomes available because we made a decision based on what we had at hand. Yeah. But so we can't go back and say, oh, if I only had known this information when I made the decision. It wasn't available then. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have to be easy with ourselves. And that, I think that's one of the great lessons and takeaways that I would like people to get. Because it's so, it's so easy to be hard on ourselves. It's so easy to beat ourselves up. It's so easy to go into... Um, I'm stupid or I'm bad or I need to be punished or I'm guilty or in some way, shape or form, just feeling less than. And, and it's I, just feeding the cycle that's keeping you from being to the next level. That that's exactly right. We have to practice self-love. And I don't mean an ego thing. I mean a self-appreciation. Mm-hmm. I mean a, a acknowledgement of who we are and what we're doing and what we're going through. Yeah. Um, we need to love ourselves, be kind to ourselves as well as each other. Yes. I love that. We are all about that. I actually just created one of my newest online courses is called Radical Self-Love because I found that this is really one of the keys to living your best life because when you love yourself, you raise your vibration so high, you can become a match to all the things that you're wanting in the first place, which won't even matter so much at that point because you'll be full from the inside out, like how we're talking about working on the inside first. And I know in my personal journey, like self-love was kind of the missing piece because the reason why I wanted to become this ultimate creator and manifest all these things was because I wasn't giving myself a lot of the love that I thought was going to come in the form of outside things. I didn't know how to, and I didn't even realize that I wasn't until recently. And then I was like, oh, I can just fill myself up from the inside first. And it's so much more effective. 
And it is. And people want to be around those kind of people. They don't want to be around downer people. They want to be around people who are already appreciating life and themselves. But like you, I had to learn it too, because having been homeless and then in poverty, oh, my self-esteem was nowhere to be found. And it was very difficult to find any love for myself, let alone likeness for myself. I remember having to look in the mirror and force myself to find things I liked as a way to begin to build up a little bit of self-esteem because the self-esteem was really in the toilet. It was very um, virtually gone. And I had to look at things like, okay, I am, I am wanting to be a writer. And I wasn't broke because I was in alcohol or drugs or anything that was, you know, self-damaging. I had big dreams and I would look at, well, that's, that's noteworthy. That's a worthy goal. You can like yourself. You can even love yourself because you want to make a difference in the world. And while my struggle was slow and hard, I was actually being persistent. I was actually being prolific. I was working every day at a dream that nobody believed in and nobody around me had any evidence that it would ever go anywhere. But by looking at them in the mirror, I began to build up and, you know, kind of fill up the self-esteem fountain, if you will, knowing that the more I can fill that up and just appreciate myself and what I was doing because I was working for something good, mm-hmm. the easier it would be to keep moving forward. And how like strong of you it was to get, that's completely difficult to do. Even when you feel like you have good self-esteem to look into your own eyes and say what you like about yourself. Like that's almost impossible for people, um, some people. But the fact that you were so low feeling um, like there was really no foreseeing light at the end of the tunnel that you were still able to do that. And that's the thing that got you to the next part. That and gratitude, finding anything to be grateful for. And I tell people, I don't care where you are, what you're going through, what your struggle is. There is something in you or around you you can be grateful for right now. Focus on that. Elaborate on that. Feel the energy of that because gratitude will expand and bring more into your life to be grateful for. But you got to start it right now. You have to. Yeah. You you just got to start. Take the step. You have to start. Step one and then the rest of the steps will start to show up for you. Gratitude is one of the ways that I pulled myself out of a three-year spout of clinical depression. When I decided that I wanted to feel better and I was sick and tired of essentially being sick and tired, and my options were either, okay, you're going to spiral and become like more and more suicidal, or you can choose a different path and find a way to actually enjoy your life. Then one of my friends came into my life and was talking about her gratitude journal. And I was like, this sounds so stupid, but I'm willing to try it because I'm desperate. So I did. And three weeks later, I was feeling better than I felt even before I had the depression. Yeah. So it just goes to show how quickly it can work. And like, as soon as I started doing that gratitude practice, that's when all this information started coming to me about self-empowerment and spirituality and positive psychology and all these things. Mm -hmm. So it works, people. It works. Great well, we're story. Take- That's very inspiring. Yeah, she she's got a she's got an amazing life, um, <laughs> life story, <laughs> life journey. But we are going to take another break, and when we come back, we're going to talk to Joe more about. Uh, do you like Joe or Doctor Joe? What should I call Number you? One. We're Joe. We're going to talk to Jojo here about uh, <laughs> the missing key that they left out of the secret, and what you guys can do to start implementing more miracles into your life. We will be right back. 
We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. If you're serious about raising your vibration and feeling better, self-love is the fastest way to get there. Not only is it the best way to feel better, but it's also the fast track to manifesting all your desires. Kelsey Aida has created an entire online video course to walk you through the process so you can finally realize your divine perfection. High Vibe in it. Listeners can get a special enrollment discount with the code High Vibe. Visit RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com to get started on your self-love journey today. That's RadicalSelfLoveCourse.com. Do you feel like there's something in your mind holding you back from your vision of success? Do you feel like you're constantly in the cycle of trying, failing, and starting over again? If outdated limiting beliefs are keeping you stuck, hypnosis might just be the tool you've been looking for. Go to lindsayrobinson.com for more info on how to get your subconscious and conscious mind working together to achieve your goals and align your mind with success. That's L-Y-N-N-S-E-Y Robinson.com. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to High Vibe In It with Kelsey Aida and Lindsay Robinson. Check into the show today by calling into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to show at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And we're back with Dr. Joe Vitale. We're talking to him about all things manifesting, the secret, uh, <laughs> I will get it one of these days. Um, uh, <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, here with Kelsey as well, my co-host, my lovely, lovely co-host. She has a question for Joe that I think is really, really uh, important, and I would love to hear his answer. So go for it, Kelsey. Yeah, so I was asking Joe during the break um, if you would consider the work of going into your subconscious and trying to um, find and excavate these limiting beliefs, would you call that what some people would call shadow work? And I would indeed. I am a disciple of Carl Jung. I'm a disciple of Debbie Ford. Both of them talked about the shadow side of ourselves, which is the side most of us aren't aware of, and the, the side of us most of us don't want to be aware of. And this is where there is programming but consciously, we're not usually aware of it. So when I talk about digging in and looking behind the curtain, so to speak, and we're looking for the software that's operating behind the surface, I'm often talking about shadow work. I just simply don't say that because most people don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. When I say, hey, you got beliefs in your subconscious mind, I got to start. Usually they can listen to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I find, well, even in my own journey, I've just had resistance to the word shadow. And I have friends who very much consider themselves shadow workers. And they're trying to help me like integrate this so I can accept all the parts of myself. And I'm not just like this light worker who's always like love and light and blah, blah, blah. And everything's good and like turns a blind eye to things that they don't want to see or know. But I guess um, what I'm trying to get at is because the term shadow work is becoming more popular and this planet seems to be more about integration, which is what we need. We need to accept all the parts of ourselves. 
um, I guess, would you consider shadow kind of like a synonym for unconscious or unknown? Because the way I think about it is like your beliefs are in the shadow. It doesn't mean they're of the shadow. Like it doesn't mean that they're necessarily dark or bad. Um, right. I, I love that. I, I totally believe that it is the unconscious part. Debbie Ford wrote a powerful book called The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. Mm -hmm. I think that's the title, The Dark Side of the Light Chasers. And it is about the part of us that we don't typically look at and very often we're embarrassed by. It doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, mean that it's evil or bad. It just means that it's operating in, in the dark. It's operating behind the curtain, so to speak. And what we want to do is move back the curtain. Carl Jung had that great quote. It's, uh, I may have to paraphrase it, but it goes along the lines of, until you awaken you will, call, you will call what happens fate, where mm -hmm. in reality it's your unconscious mind operating. But we'll attribute it to outside causes. So what we want to do is look behind the scenes, look in the dark, shine the light, and actually find out what's operating there. But I, I don't think that it's necessarily evil. Yeah, cool. I like that answer. That makes a lot of sense. Because I don't want people to be scared of that word. Because... Right. I don't want to be scared of that word. You know, I want, to, I want to use it all. We came here to experience everything. Obviously, we don't want to experience shitty stuff and hard things in contrast all the time, which is why people like us are teaching these modalities right. so you can live in a more joyous state majority of the time. But you can't avoid the heavy, hard stuff because, like you said, that's what made you. That's what shaped you and your reality. Exactly right. It's also strengthening us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, the things that we end up wrestling with are the things we end up growing muscles around, so to speak. So it's it, ultimately, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, maybe not when you're in the middle of it and you're like, I want to die, but eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's exactly always serving you. Right. So capacity. I know that you, um, speaking of the subconscious, um, we know that it's super important. I hope if anybody knows me at all they know that I know it's super important and uh, Kelsey as well it, it's the thing that drives what you're seeing in front of you really it is it's, it's exactly like you said the iceberg scenario where the conscious mind is really what's above the waterline and the subconscious is what is everything else that's underneath that waterline right. which is a lot and um, uh, so I guess, how would you advise somebody who's like, Dr. Joe, I just don't know where to start. I feel like I can't get my um, limiting beliefs on board with, with what I want to go, what I want to do and where I want to go. What was, what's the first thing you would tell them? Is there a certain modality or technique you would tell them to try? Or <clears throat> Well, for the fastest results, I would say talk to a hypnotherapist. Yes. Sorry. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 I was not fishing for that answer, but I love it. Well, no, I, I mean it with 100% sincerity. I would be hiring you because, as I mentioned earlier, trying to do it on your own, you can do it, but it's a far slower, more confusing process. So the very first thing is hire a hypnotherapist. Deal with somebody who knows what they're doing when they're working with the subconscious mind. Trust them to help you um, hold your hand and walk you through that. That would be the very first thing. The very second thing I would do is journal it. Mm -hmm. journaling what's happening and what my feelings are around what's happening in a with an intent to uncover the beliefs that are operating in what's happening mm 
So in other words, it's like a diary entry, but I want to go deeper and more meaningful than that. I want it to be a journal entry where I say, this is what happened. Here's how I felt about it. And here's what I potentially believe that created the situation. And the whole purpose of that is, is to make the beliefs relevant, to make the beliefs show up in your mind. The third thing that I would do is I would start to envision a new reality. The subconscious mind responds to imagery, emotion, and repetition. So if I can create a new image of what I want, and I can fuel it with love, with passion, with gratitude, with a desire for it, and I can do that repeatedly, like every morning or every evening or several times a day or whenever I think of it, I can reprogram the subconscious mind to begin to create and attract that new reality. So those are three things that uh, occur to me. Those are the perfect things. <laughs> Love it. I have another question. So lately I've been playing with the perspective of what if a lot of the big things that we would like to manifest, we have already intended to manifest them before we came into our body, like from your soul perspective, from yeah. your broader view, like I want to do this and be uh -huh. this and have this. Do you think that in some scenarios it's possible that when we have a desire, what we're really having is a premonition of what's to come, what's already in our destiny, I guess you could call it from one perspective? Yeah, I absolutely am so impressed with your thinking there. <laughs> I would agree with that because I've often thought... And I think I made a video a while back for Instagram. I was in Italy and it occurred, something along the same lines occurred to me. I vaguely remember doing this. And it was the idea that the thing that we are intending to create already exists. And what we're doing is remembering it and then thinking to ourselves, oh, I want to create this. Where in reality, we're remembering something that's already created and we're reminding ourselves of it. So in many ways, instead of it being a creation, it's actually a premonition, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that, I've been playing with that perspective a lot because it keeps coming to me in like downloads when I'm meditating or if I'm contemplating the idea of manifestation. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, what if from one perspective, we don't have to do anything except get excited for what's to come because our desire for it is actually a premonition that it's in the works or it's already been it. created on some level. So I love it. Yeah, there's some the built-in benefits from doing it that way. One is there's the assumption it already exists. Mm -hmm. Instead of sitting here thinking, well, I've got to create it, what you're actually doing is sitting here going, i got to receive it, which yes. is a completely different kind of a feeling. And then I co-authored a book called The Remembering Process. And the remembering process is another technique. It's a little similar to what you're talking about. But instead of sitting here and creating something in the future, we actually mentally go past it as a kind of past even a future paced timeline. And we remember back to when we created it. Then we come back to this moment and realize, oh, I already created it in the future, and I went past that, which means it really was created, and I remember a little bit about how I created it. So the remembering process, it sounds confusing just to say it in three lines, but yeah. the remembering process is along the same lines. I remember when I was writing some of my first songs and I was struggling with it, my producer, Daniel Barrett, said, well, sometimes rather than writing a new song, it's easier to remember a new song. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? He says, the song you want to write already exists. You can go into the future and remember the song. And then you mm -hmm. come back to this present time and write it. 
It was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So basically just like quantum timeline leaping from here to here to here to here to just gather all the information and make it happen. Well, I'll tell you, I've written over 100 songs right now. I've been nominated for a Posse Award, which is the Grammys of Positive Music. I have 15 albums out, six singer-songwriter albums. Some of the songs are made into music videos, like Everybody's Going Through Something and has hundreds of thousands of hits. This was done by what you're talking about. Instead of sitting here and struggling with it, I kind of sat here and received it, knowing that, oh, it's, it already exists down the timeline, and I receive it, and then just kind of go in the studio and breathe life into it. It's a fascinating, fascinating thing to discuss. That is really cool. Yeah, we could definitely go on and on about this. Um, we are about to wrap up, but I want people to know what you have for them. You have a little gift for them, right? A little freebie? I've got so many gifts for them. I think we <laughs> wanted to give them the beginner's guide to miracles. Is that six correct? Six horses or something, six videos. There's something yeah, with beginner's them. guide to miracles. Yes. I'm wearing the shirt, as she pointed out earlier, expect miracles. Uh, beginner's guide to miracles. I think it's at beginnersguidetomiracles.com or you can go to vitalilifemastery.com. Vitalilifemastery.com. And there's a whole bunch of stuff listed there that uh, are free, including beginner's guide to miracles. Awesome. Well, uh, we also put the link in our description, but um, Joe, I don't know what you got going on, but if you can stick around for a few more minutes um, after the show, we have a, a couple things we want to go over, right, Kels? Yes, and for everyone who's listening live right now, it's very exciting news that we are in the works of creating a Patreon page, which means if you are loving this show, you can support it. Um, and with your monthly donations that are really small, super reasonable, you get access to all this extended content. So like us and Joe are going to go at it maybe for 10 or 15 more minutes, and this is going to be exclusive for our Patreon viewers. So once we have that link, we will get it out to you guys. And until then, we love you, and we'll see you next time. Yes. I hope, you, I hope you guys have a great day. Thanks, Joe. Thank Bye, everyone. You. Thank you both. Thank you all. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of High Vibe In It. Be sure to join Lindsay Robinson and Kelsey Aida for another great program next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We can't wait to have you join us again soon.